Hagadon Chaydish, everyone. Aleph the Chaydish the Rosh Chaydish Marcheshvan, Lamid of Chaydish Tishrei, Tavshin Pei Dalid. I'd like to share with you some words of Ashkafa, Chizuk, and perhaps a Mahalach to try to <clears throat> gain some perspective and how to view the terrible matziv the Klai Yisrael finds itself in a week of horror a Shabbos Simchas Shmini Atzeres of a pogrom a week of war it's something hard for us to fathom hard to us, for us to understand it's Amidas Hadin as I said in Shul Friday night from Maran Rosh Yeshiva, so I gesundet stark Reb Daulando. Our great Midas Hadin, that is on Klai Yisrael and on the world, and we need to be Ma'ir Rachamei Shamayim. And not long ago on Yom Kippurim, we said the piot of the Asara Haruge Malchus, the great Sadikim, who were tortured to death by the Romans. And if you go stanza by stanza of each of the great tzaddikim of what occurred to them, these things happened last week on Shabbos in Eretz Yisrael. And it's something that is mind-boggling. Something that we never thought we would see in our days. Unfortunately, it is our gullus of 2,000 years of such atrocities and barbaric acts of cruelty to Klai Yisrael. But we thought that that's not something we would ever witness. We would talk about it on Tishabov, Magidolim Shurim, we learn about it in so many different periods of our, of our history. But for us to actually live it, is something none of us ever dreamed. And it's a very hard thing to understand. And I want to share with you what I told my Kehila on Shabbos to gain some perspective. The Ramban in the Hakdama to Eoiv writes the single most reason, not just only in Judaism, in all religions, for people to come to denial of the Rabbeinu Shalom or whatever higher power Rahman al they believe in. The most single question that they have is Sadik Viralai Rosha Vitaivlay. This has turned people off across all time periods, across all religions, across humanity. Why is it that righteous people suffer and wicked people have things good for themselves? This is the question, says the Ramban, that bothers the world. And the truth is, the Chassam Seifer in the Parshas Bereshis tells us that right away in the first Parsha of the Torah, the Torah already addresses this question. The Torah addresses this question. And the, and the Chassam Seifer and the Pasuk, Vayisha Hashem, El Hevavah, Menchasai, 
writes, Betchilas Teira Seinu HaKedosha. In the beginning of the Teira, Nosan Lanu Mokoim, he has given us, the Torah has given us a place to learn about the ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. <coughs> Because in this parsha, we immediately have the question of Tzadik Viraloi. We all know the story of Kayin and Hevel. Kayin came up with an idea to bring a carbon to the Rabbi Shalalim. He was Mechadesh this concept of bringing karbonas to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and he brought one. Hevel, Hevi Gamhu, he also followed the lead of Kayin, and he also decided to bring a karbon. And Kayin is, I'm sure, waiting for the Rabbi Nishalaylam to accept his karbon and show how gracious he is and how full of gratitude HaKadosh Baruch Hu is to Kayin for this Chidush that he brought to the world. And as we know, the Pasuk says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu accepted the carbon of Hevel, and he did not accept the carbon of Kayin. And Kayin got very angry. So Kayin gets angry, as we know, and he murders his brother Hevel. He murders his brother Hevel. Says the Chassam Seifer at this point, we should have this very glaring question. Hevel, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, obviously felt he was the Tzaddik. His carbon was accepted for all the various reasons. The Chazal and the Mepharshim point out in why Hevel's carbon was, was accepted over Kayin's. But it was accepted. It was accepted and HaKadosh Baruch Hu was happy with Hevel. And yet, very soon afterwards, Hevel is murdered. That's the end of Hevel. He has no children, he has no descendants, a very short-lived life of Hevel. And yet, Kayin, who's the Russia, the murderer, Kayin, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, The blood, not over of your brother, but the blood, says Rashi, of all his descendants, you've cut him off in Gansen. Is crying out, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu says that you're going to be punished. And Kayin comes and says, "God, Baruch Hu is my avera so big you can't be meichel me." So Hashem says, "You're right. Seven generations, no one is able is going to be able to kill you. Seven generations. That's Kayin, his children, his grandchildren, great grandchildren, great great grandchildren, great 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 grandchildren." That's Kayin's family. Kayin, for the next seven generations, lives with tens of thousands or maybe more descendants populating the world, sitting around his Pesach Seder, saying the Manishtana till the wee hours in the morning, getting nachas from his family. When you look at this parsha, says the Chazam Seifer, you should be bothered immediately. Tzadik viraloi, hevel the tzadik, wiped off the earth. Kayin, the Rosh of Etoivloi, what's going on here? Now the truth is, Rabbi Yisai, we know that the real answer is, Sadik Vitoivloi, it's going to be Toivloi in Olam Abba. He's only having it bad in this world, so it should be Toiv in Olam Abba. But Russia is having Toiv in this world, so in Olam Abba. He's going to have it bad, and truthfully, therein lies the answer. 
But the Chassam Sefer takes it deeper. And as we'll see, this answer is part of what we want to talk about. The Chassam Sefer says, if you truly want to understand Darche Hashem, you have to get out of the small box of vision, this limited vision of Dalit Amis that you see things in. When you look at it superficially, when you look at it physically in this world, you see Hevel dead, no continuation, and you see Cain enjoying life, seven generations, thousands of descendants of children. But says the Chassam Seifer, that's not actually what happens. When you get a drone's eye view, as we call it today, of history, let's look what happened. Yes, Cain had thousands of generations. I'm sorry, thousands of descendants. <coughs> However, what happened? In next week's Parsha, HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought a Mabel. And 1,600 years after the creation of the world, every one of Cain's descendants were destroyed by the Rabbi Nishalayim. Yes, it looked like that Cain was the successful one, having the children, having the descendants, populating the world, existing in the world, and it looks like Hevel is non-existent, says the Chassam Seifer, let's have some patience. A thousand years of patience, sixteen hundred years of patience. And look back at history. And in history, as we look back, we'll see there's not a Zecher today of Cain. Nothing exists from Cain. Cain, every last descendant, was wiped off the face of the earth, says the Chassam Seifer, with the Mabovloi Nishalem Sheim Vishairis. Nothing was left from Cain. You say, okay, that's Cain, but what about Hevel? Hevel had no descendants. And here is where it takes us. It takes for us to not just expand our view in time, in history, like the Chassayim Seifer says, let's have patience. It's mechai of us really to think with a certain intellectual maturity of Ruchnius. To recognize that there's much more to this world than the physical world. There's much more to this world than Olam Hazeh. This world is Nishamas. This world is spirituality. That's what we're supposed to focus on. And the, we all know that we are not the real me. My body is not the real me. My neshama is the real me. A neshama that came down from Shemayim and went into a body, and after 120 years is going to go up to Shemayim and leave the body. That's the real me. The body is just a cloak. It's just clothing for the neshama. The real person is the neshama. It's hard for us to understand because we live in Olam and we see things in our small view of physical world of the physical world. But we know and we have to believe and we have to view things from the world of spirituality, the world of Nishama, and not just with the belief of Tzadik that's going to be Tavla in Olam Even in this world we have to believe in the concept of Nishamas. And from here we come, says the Chassam Seifer, the concept of Gilgal. And that means to say, if the real me is a neshama, 
Neshamas take on different bodies, different clothing. And there's a concept of Gilgal. A concept of Gilgal. And it's true that Hevel was killed physically by Cain. And Hevel as that physical being, Hevel, did not have any descendants. And we asked Sadik Viraloi, but says the Chazam Soifer, afterwards Adam Arishan had another child, he named him Shais. Kishosli Alikim Zera Acher. Hashem gave me another child, Tachas Hevel, instead of Hevel. What do you mean, Tachas Hevel? Rachmon Someone loses a child. Is that child replaceable? Tachas Hevel? Instead of Hevel? Says the Chasam Sefer, yes, because Hevel's Nishama was Nisgalgal and Chase. Oh, Nisgalgal and Chase. So Hevel may not have had any children, but Chase had children. And then after Chase was Nifter, says the Chasam Sefer, you know where that Nishama went? To Noyach. Noyach, who rebuilt the world after the Mabul who repopulated the world after the Mabel, who every person in this world today is from Nayach. That's Hevel. Hevel went to Shais and went into Nayach. And you know where he went afterwards, says the Chassam Seifer, into Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu who taught Kla Yisrael Teirasam. Who we, as Kla Yisrael, who keep and fulfill the tachlis of the entire world, from whom did we learn it from? Moshe Rabbeinu who is the Gilgal of Hevel. So yes, says the Chassam Soifer, it's true when you look at something superficially, physically, Cain had thousands of descendants, Hevel had nobody. Says the Chassam Soifer, but Cain's descendants were wiped off the face of the map. Non-existent. No kiem to them at all. And Hevel's true descendants the descendants of the Neshama of Hevel, who, <coughs> excuse me, is the true Hevel, into Shais, into Nayach, repopulated the world, into Amosh Rabbeinu, who taught Kla Yisrael Torah. So now when you look at it this way, says the Chassam Seifer, this is what the Torah is teaching us, to understand things. And in fact, Chassam Seifer says, if you take all the different people that Hevel was a Gilgal in, and you rearrange the letters, Nayach, Sheis, Moshe, Hevel, is Rosh Hetevus Neshama. Rosh Hetevus Neshama. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to teach us. Stop viewing the world as a physical world and seeing things as if they end and how they happen only through the lens of the physical world. You have to break out of that. You have to live and understand the spirituality in the world. And not just spirituality of Olam Haba. Even in Olam Hazed, there's spirituality. There's Nishamas. And there's Cheshboinus to everything. And how are we to know the Cheshboinus of the Rabbinish Olam? How are we to understand Rabbi Shmuel Kain Gadol, whose skin was flayed? Off of his body, like we read on, in the in the piyut of the Asarug Malchus, that the Malachim screamed, "Zu Taira How do we understand the Rabbi Akiva? How do we understand a Churban Abayis Crusades, Spanish Inquisition, Tachvitat, the Holocaust, the pogrom of Simchas Taira Tovshin Peidalid? How do we understand that? 
Says the Chassam Seifer, when you look at it superficially, it's hard to understand terrible atrocities to children, to women, to innocents. Says the Chassam Seifer, that's the question of Tzadik Viraloi. But the Torah tells us, you're seeing things very superficially. There's a ruchniyastik world here. There's nishamas, that there's cheshbonis. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu could take a neshama of Hevel, who was murdered. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, His descendants are non-existent anymore, physically. But that same Hevel becomes a sheis, a neyach, a moishra, and we're here today living our Torah because of that Hevel. Hutaka had the Toiv and Hutaka had the Ra. This concept of Gilgal is hard for people to hear. It's hard for people to understand. But when you really open up your mind to it, it helps so much in the view of not understanding. You always say, we don't understand Hashem's ways. And it's true. And we can't understand them. But we say to ourselves, but... Why is someone suffering so much? Why is there such atrocities? But when you hear there's a concept of neshamas, it's a whole different world. Rabbi Revda, Zichrayin, Levracha, my Rebbe, always used to say, when Rachman al was a tra- tragedy, if Rabbi Chaim Vital was here, he explained to us exactly why this neshama had to do this, and why this neshama had to do that, and what the Tikkunahs would be clear for us. The Goyin in Parag Dalar Vyoyin explains this, explains so much about this based on this. And after davening yesterday, my good friend Yedidi Rebitzak Saflis told me, look in the Pelayoyitz under the entry Geula about something else that I mentioned. I looked there this morning, but a few entries later is Gilgal. And there the Pelayoyitz Mamish spells it out why people, Rachman Tzlon, have to suffer a child, parents, each one is being misakin something about their neshama. He says it's the Aleph Beis, it's the only way to understand it. But it takes us to emerge from seeing things physically, to recognize spirituality, which we talk about and we live, but to put it into our mindset. And in the Meshachach Mashir, on Thursday, I said the following Mashava, which I've said since then, and I think this is the key to it all. Hamas is different, in my opinion, than other tsaras that we've had. For example, the Crusades, either convert or be put to death. It was all about today. They think they're going to they're save the Jews from their beliefs. But Hamas is not like that. In an interview that one of these Hamas guys gave, not an interview, with the interrogator, he said the difference between us and the Israelis are the Israelis want to live life and enjoy life. We just want to die for our cause. How do you fight such a thing? But stop for a moment and think what they're saying. Think what they're saying. These Hamas, they live for a higher purpose. They live because they believe that when they're going to kill Jews, they're going to go to Olam Haba. First of all, they're not going to go up, they're going to go down. And it's going to be very surprising for them when they get their Kain Yirbu. But in their perverted Hashkafa, they're willing to sacrifice Olam Hazer, not just sacrifice their lives. Look how they live. Look how they live in Gaza. Look how we're talking about children, teenagers. We view it as an indoctrination, and it's true. But look what they believe. 
They're willing to go without food, without water, without comfort, without luxury. They're willing to forgo Gantz Olam Hazer. Why? Because hopefully down the line I'm going to end up in Olam Haba when I fulfill my purpose. These are people who are living in this world for Olam Haba and not living in Olam Hazer. That's who they are. We land in Koyeles. Mikoyim HaMishbot Shom Haresha. In the place of judgment, that's where the Avera is. If Hamas is coming after us with this, with this barbaric, with this barbaric crimes, actions, but why are they doing it? In their minds for Olam Haba, we have to learn from them. Who lives for Olam Haba? We, Klal Yisrael, live for Olam Haba. That's our Gansatayra. We're in a prize they're going to a trackland. That's the Yisaitis of Yadus and Emuna. We don't live. Olam Haza is a means to get to Olam Haba. Avada, the Rebbe wants us to use Olam Haza and to enjoy our Olam Haza. For what? To make it to Olam Haba. That's who we need to be. If we want to fight their Hashkafa of giving up Olam Hazeh for Olam Haba, we have to live Olam Habadik. We have to live not just with Sadiq going to be Tavla in Olam Haba. In Olam Hazeh, we have to view things in Olam Habadik away, in a Neshama Dik away. That's the only way for us to come to terms with such atrocities, is if we do like the Chassam Seifer says and realize it's Neshamas here. And if it's Neshamas, we have to live our Neshama. We have to focus more on Olam Haba. During COVID, everybody made do with little. And people thought, oh, things are going to become a little bit less extravagant. But it came back with a flood. Olam Haza, the way we focus on Olam Haza is not Olam Habadik. It's not Hamastic. We have to fight them by understanding that we live another day to learn another black Gemara. We live another day to be able to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to daven, to say brachas, to do chesed, to give tzedakah, not for the next steak, not for the next bourbon, not for the next hanah, not for the next vacation. That's not what we live for. We live for Olam Abba. And if we want to fight the Ilam above Hamas, which is something, how do you fight such a thing? We have to start living more Ilam Habadik. We have to start living more Nishamadik. We have to learn a black Gemara because we want to connect with our Nishamas. We have to say a Bracha because there's a by Nisham in this world. Think about our Nishamas, every mitzvah we do, the way we learn earn Ilam Habba is not by killing people, Adarab is by Mimichaya ourselves, by Mimichaya other people, by spreading the Rabbi Nisham in the world. That's how we earn our Ilam Habba. We have to put less of a focus on Ilam Hazah and Gashmias. That's the Tzav Hasha. That's our marching orders. And every person, Lefi Madragosai, has to stop and think. There was a famous adrasha from my good friend, the Blazer Gwurtzman, from Coventry Square, that he gave about people not living in, in their means, according to their means, and people going into debt. And we have to dial things back down. We have to make the normal not such a high ramah that people can't afford. People listen to that drasha. But even if you could afford it, 
we have to dial things back. Boards, meat boards, fish boards, this boards, that boards. It's such a dogish on Olam Hazeh. It's such a dogish on Gashmias. And that takes away from Olam Haba. It takes away from the Ruchnias. We have to dial it back. Every person should think to himself one thing that they could afford and that they do and that they want and that their children want. It doesn't have to be big. But one thing we say, you know what? We don't have to have every single Geshemach We don't have to have it. Look at how they're living in Gaza. Why? As Rabbi Akiva said, My entire life I was looking forward for the day. To be Mekadeshem Shamayim. That's what these Hamas are saying. I'm willing to live in filth, deprived. Koyomai, to do what? Because I want to make it to Olam Haba. We have to live like that. That's the only way to fight that. That's what the Rabbi Nisham is munning us. And if you live more Olam Habadik, you live more Nishamadik. If you dial things back, in personal hanos and pleasures, and not just now when it's an Esara. Not just now when it's an Esara. I said from a Chassam Seifer in a Josh and Parsha Zohar Friday night, in a time of war, he said, you have to have Rachmanus on the Shvuyim, and not like the people who went to the theaters and to the Colosseums. And he brings a Pasuk in Amos, V'layechlu, Amos Vav, Pasuk Vav, I remember exactly the Rashi says there they didn't get sick on the news of Klai Yisrael being destroyed by the Aseris Ashvatim. The Malbim says they didn't get themselves sick to be concerned about the Tzoros HaKlal to be misabel and do tshuva. Some Seifer saying that when people are bitzara, people are captive and people go on their regular life. Coliseums, uh, theaters, Enjoying things. How could that be? That's almost the saying, how do you not get sick? The next Pasuk says terrible things, but I'm not talking about, of course now, we have to feel their pain and think about what these children are going through. And adults and sick people. How can we enjoy our lives? How can we just go around doing things normally? But I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about when the Yeshua comes. And it should be Mashiach Tzidkeinu, Meher of Yameinu. But if it's not Mashiach Tzidkeinu, Hamas was here to teach us a lesson. And the lesson is, Medaf Lebin Mer Oilam Habadik. We have to live more Oilam Habadik. We have to dial back on the Gashmias. We have to dial back on it. It's in our face. It's in every publication. It's on every status. It's on every, any, any, any new site. All you see is more and more, the next level, the next level, the next level. That's Oilam Habadik. That's not Oilam Habadik. Mokim HaMishpat Shom Horesha. It happened on Shabbos. Shabbos is the Matana Teva. That a Kodesh Baruch Hu's special relationship with Klai Yisrael. And a Shmini Atzeres. What Shmini Atzeres? Shmini Atzeres is again the special relationship. A Gansukas we brought Gashmi is 70 uh, bulls for the Shiva Mumais. 
It came Ashmini Atzeres, the Baruch Hashem says, I don't need a big party, Suda Kitana, Parechot, because it's just me and you. You don't need a lot of Gashmias because you're in the world of Ruchnias. When you're in the world of the Goyim, they're the world of Gashmias. So if it's a Shabbos of Matana Taiva, Shabbos which is Me'enoilam Haba, it's a Neshama Dik, a Neshama Yaseira, these are Neshamas. And a Simchas Taira. Where the Rebbe says, you don't need so much Gashmias. A little bit is the way you connect with me and become Ruchani. Mekoyim ha-mishpot, sham ha-resha. If it happened on a Shabbos and a Shmini Atzeres, which are days of connection of Ruchnias, of Elam Habadik, of Nishamas, it behooves us to focus more on our neshamas and less on our gashmias. And not just to focus less on our gashmias. To dafka focus to have less gashmias. Not focus less. Focus to have less gashmias. That's what we need to do. That is what Hamas is teaching us. That is what this tragedy, Lefiani Azdaiti, one of the lessons at least. We don't have Nevi'im to tell us, but Mekayim HaMishpat Shama Rasha teaches us what we need to do and there's Chizukim, Rabbi Zilberstein, Rabbi Yaman Finkel, to make in the Indian of Shabbos, especially Shabbos Menelem Abba, learning Hilcha Shabbos. Maybe at a Suda, I think Rabbi Zilberstein said to learn two halachas every Shabbos. In Hilcha Shabbos, to be Mechazik Shabbos. There's so many Svarim out there in English and Hebrew. It's a Meridika Sefer from the Chayadim called Zichra Teres Moshe, small Sefer on Hilcha Shabbos that he wrote for his children when they were young. For children when they were young, there's so many different things. Something for Kavit Shabbos. But it's not just about Shabbos. Avadim Dach Shabbos with Aruch Laner and everything. And this happened on a Shabbos. But I think there needs to be a Dogesh in our entire lives. In rolling back the Gashmias. Focusing more on Ruchnias. Realizing who we are as Nishamas. Who's the real me? Is this thing that I'm going to do going to be native and be mahana the real me, my neshama, or not the real me, my guf? And when you start thinking a little bit more ilam habadik, and you start living a little bit more neshamadik, and you start talking about ruchnias and spirituality and ilam haba, then when you look at such tragedies, says the Chassam Seifer, you're able to at least have a little bit of acceptance, not just we don't know the plan, Yes, look at Heva, look at Kayin, look at them. At, 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 on some level, there was Sadik Viralei Virasha Vitaiblai. But on another level, the exact opposite was happening. And that's what we have to believe with all the atrocities of our history, including this one of last week. And Bez Hashem, if we're able to come to such a hakara, if we're able to come to such an understanding, not only we will become different people, we have learned this lesson, and we'll be zoiche, <coughs> that HaKadosh Baruch will bring us once again to have that Simchas Teir, that Shmini Atzeres, that Shabbos, that connection with Him. And Bez Hashem, we should be zoiche to have Yeshua, but not just any Yeshua. As we say every day in davening, I'm looking for your Yeshua, the Rabbeinu Shalaylam, the greatest Yeshua, the ultimate Yeshua. The Yeshua, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu will say, Not just this specific Tzara, all of our Tzaras. Bez Hashem, with the coming of Mashiach, Amen.